And we welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live, your favorite boxing podcast in the entire world. It's Dan Canobio. It is former world champion Chris Algieri coming off of a huge weekend in the boxing world. Fights in Dublin, Ireland. Fights in Las Vegas. Fights all over the world. And we're going to break them all down. None bigger than David Benavidez's thrashing of Demetrius Andrade. Stops some inside of six rounds. Uh, Katie Taylor was victorious. There were a lot of under, uh, other fights underneath those two main events that we'll get to. Chris, it was a big fight weekend. Uh, uh, kicking off fight season uh, has completely kicked off. What'd you make of the entire weekend? And what'd you make of David Benavides? And how are you, too? I c- can ask you that, too. All right, number one, I'm fine. Two, how do you spell season? <laughs> do you do? You do is it S Z N like the zone? Like uh, is there an fight season? S Z N season. That's how the kids are calling it. That's cool. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, great weekend. I mean, it's a great night day of fights. It was an all day affair. Um, I was very excited. I got my workout in the morning. I got the boxing gym, which I haven't been in a while. I'm just banging the bags around, getting ready. So for, you've for been f- kicking lately. Fight day. I've been kicking lately. So I've, I, I've been, I've been slow playing the kicks for about a year and a half. I never really stopped. I wouldn't do it in between fights quite a bit. Cause it's great cardio. Um, and I like it. It also gets my little my little animal vibe out. So I get to be, you know, I like, like to kick something every once in a while. Ooh, if you want to, I got a lot wanna, of pent up aggression wanna, from traffic. You wanna, New York City yeah. traffic. If you want to get some of the New York City out of your blood, go fucking dr- slam your shins into something really hard. I I, I, I watch your 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 videos. You're doing those low kicks. I, I'd counter over the top, and I'd probably win. Well, no, because you got to set up the counter. You got to set up the leg kicks, and that's why a lot of these guys, Conor McGregor included breaks his fucking leg because he doesn't un- he doesn't set them up he just you Counters. can't just wing kicks man you got to set those things up but those are just you're just doing that for recreational purposes right you're not trying to get back into any type of active, no not at active, all active, not at all especially much, kickboxing you're too much oh. of a uh, there's no money in that no and no. and also there's too many injuries i mean i, I left this work because injuries i love kickboxing always did never 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 wanted to leave because of lack of love for this where there's just no money in it so right I enjoyed. We did a few compu box. We did some glory kickboxing. Very, mm-hmm. very hard to track because they would be awesome fight kicks. They were f- awesome. I know, and then our awesome guy uh, Grisham still working and over there mm-hmm. in Germany, and, and it's huge over there. It's pretty damn cool to watch. Anyway, I would love to work with them. I mean, it's a great sport. So, so uh, much fun to watch. So you got to get on that, bro. Get that's another job you need to add to the. Uh... Do you even have time to call glory kickboxing? Man, I find time. That's find that's, time. that's 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 my superpower. Yeah, it's fight season, baby. Um, let's start with David Benavidez. Good gracious, this guy knifed through Demetrius Andrade like he was butter. He made Demetrius Andrade look ordinary. This is a two-division world champion. Um, we did bring up on the last show a lot of the question marks around Demetrius Andrade. You know, he did win those titles that were vacant. Uh, he's 35 years old. He's never fought a championship caliber opponent. But you can see it with your eyes. The dude has skills, and he flashed it early in that fight. And Benavides just walked right through him. Offense looked outstanding. Defense is slowly getting better to getting to the elite level. This guy, man, is really coming into his own 25, 26 years old. Got the respect of the boxing world. Got the respect of everyone. Does he have the respect of Canelo? Take us through it, Chris. What did you think of that performance? Well, I'm going to disagree. I don't think he made uh, Boo Boo look look ordinary because Boo Boo actually did a lot of good things. I, you know, he came out strong the first three rounds and then the fourth, he got dropped obviously and hurt. And then five, six, it was just, it was a meltdown from there. Um, but you know, Boo Boo did a lot of really nice things and he was changing levels really well. Look down, shoot up, right. look up, shoot down. Uh, great body work early on, you know, was flashing some jabs and some movement, some lateral movement, 
But once he got hurt, once he got clipped that right, that looping right shot in the in the fourth round, it, it was over. The that was like was that over. triple G. Like that's yeah, another just, punch just, that that injured that uh, excuse me, that Benavidez. Maybe it wasn't that one. I just was looking at Twitter. Like he's now throwing this over the top. Remember Triple G would throw that over the top. Oh, he throw no, he throw a left hook and he throw it up and over over the top. Actually, Marcus McDonough used to do that. He did that when yeah. we were sparring. Everyone in the gym warned me about him. They're like, "Don't stop on the ropes. He's gonna hit you on top of the head." And I was like, "Hit me on top of the head." I'm like, "Good. He's gonna hurt his hand." And they're like, "No, no, no, no. He's don't let him Freak. don't let him hit you." I was like, "Okay." He never did. But yeah, he throws that thing over the top. Um. Only guys with like super hard hands. Well, Benavides did that too. Like that's like a off. new wrinkle. Yeah. Like so, what I mean, like yeah. he's learning new. No, things. he's he's improving quite a bit. It's scary, quite man. It's scary. The guy is uh is really rounding into form. I think his defense is super elite. He blocked so many yes. punches with his gloves. Um, it's why he's able to keep momentum and build up to that crescendo that you talked about last week. Is because his defense is really good. His it starts with defense. Yes. You know, never think that about David Benavides. And it's something that when I interviewed him a few years ago, um, you know, he knew me as the CompuBox guy. And then he's asking me about my what's what are my what are my defensive numbers? And I'm like, yo, your defensive numbers are getting better. This was like two, three years ago, like every fight to the point now where he's like top five in terms of opponent connect percentage. Yeah, but Dan, he's doing it against better opposition. I know that's, that's the, the crazy part. part. Right. As you normally as you go up, KO percentage goes down. You know, your defense goes down because you're fighting better guys. This is not the case of the That's 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 why I'm so high on him. And I really do believe that he is going to be the next guy. I think he is going to relinquish the crown. Whether he fights Canelo or not, I think he's the next guy. I think uh, – and another thing about him. We had him on our show on Pro Box. He is a super humble, well-spoken, yeah. very respectful young man. And I just think he has so many of those – character assets that could make him a true star in this sport not to mention he is so fun to watch i mean to do what he did with a guy like like boo 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 puts on fights that a lot of people often will say like and eh, that fight was you know it started out good and then it got like Ugh. that fight was gangbusters from the beginning boo boo came out started fast as usual Here's some flashy combos really nice combinations letting his hands go body head changing levels up and down um and just benavides was just so prepared so prepared. Is there a lot of poise uh, like, now? Yes, poise. Like you said, his defense is fantastic, which is very impressive. But also his punch selection is precision. And I know he's he's known already from Copybox as being one of the most precise punchers in the game today. But I was watching with a couple buddies of mine. And some of the big shots, are showing, they're, they're showing the replays. And I'm like, Boo Boo didn't do anything wrong there. You know, hands are in the right position. You know, if, you, if you watch those replays, hands are in the right position, and the punch just finds Find the way. The Boom, finds the way. And that's what elite fighters do in the highest level against guys that are that good at, at that speed. I'm super, super impressed, more so than ever. I'm, I'm higher on Benavidez than I ever have been. Um, you know, he beat my guy. Boop was yeah. my guy. There's no, there's no secret about that. Um, and he's a very difficult guy to look good against, let alone to dominate and yeah. destroy that's why and get out of there. Right, I didn't mean anything disrespectful by he made him look ordinary, but he he made it look a lot easier than than I thought. I thought this was yeah. gonna be a closer fight. I I picked ten through twelve. I thought yeah, late stoppage, that. and and I I thought even a decision, you know, a, a hard fought decision, tricky style. Benavides would be a you know start slow, eventually pick it up. That's the main one of the main takeaways I took away from Benavides' performance was he got into his rhythm and he found his timing. Third round, he is yep. now getting quicker, quicker. There's not a lot of 
the criticisms of David Benavidez's uh, game right now. But the one thing that you can look at and poke a little hole in is that he's a slow starter. And if you're fighting a, a quick starter, not that Demetrius kind of is, but if you're fighting a, a quick, uh, someone that starts fast, then maybe you could steal a few rounds. Well, but now Benavidez is a quick starter. I just think he's a dangerous opening few rounds. Very right. Dangerous. He's, he's, he's had his drop. He's dropped guys in early in fights and then he's coasted. almost every fight. Almost every less fight about, yeah, exactly. Less about Andrew, but just more about Benavidez is that he is known as a little bit of a slow starter, but that's this one knock on his offensive game that you could talk about. Not really anymore because I thought in the third round is when you could like physically see it. Like you could see the tide changing of the fight when he started the final rhythm, he's finding it in the third round. So this guy can, can come out like throwing 70 punches around or wait until the second or third round makes him even more dangerous. I mean, just A-plus performance from the guy. And you're right, Chris, he has this poise about him. He carries himself like a superstar. I loved what he said after the fight. He's not, like, begging for a Canelo fight. He's He has done the right thing this year. What did he do? He fought Caleb Plant, and now he's fight Demetrius Andrade back-to-back. Uh, he put his past behind him in terms of weight issues in terms of outside of the ring uh drug problems that's all that's all gone like that that was a whole another life ago and he's only 25 so he's learned from that i'd like you i couldn't agree with you more that he is like at the precipice of like superstardom and that brings us to the next topic is is it going to be canelo every fighter needs that one guy to put him over the top he asked for the fight after he 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 talked about it after i i don't i didn't see anything saturday night that made me want to see that fight any less or, or any more. I've always wanted to see Canelo versus uh, Benavides, but it, it's just so clear and so evident that that is the next fight in boxing, and that's the next fight for Canelo. We've been talking about that fight for years, and we've been talking about oh, – listen, I've been saying it for a while now. I think I think Canelo should have fought him already. I think I think the, the longer he waits, the better Benavides gets, and we're seeing that. I mean, I think the things he learned in the Caleb Plant fight – he he carried into the fight against Dimitri and Demetrius, and he looks that much better. And he's going to be better next time out. He's becoming an extremely dangerous, dangerous man. Um, not that he wasn't before. Does it happen next? No, because I'm hearing about the Mungia fight, and there's no chance that fight doesn't happen. If 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 they're talking about Mungia on Cinco de Mayo weekend, that fight's happening. If there's any kind of thought process that that fight could or not, ha- it's going to happen. I mean, it is it, that that is a commercial success, no matter what. And honestly, I'm not mad about it. It's a fun fight. I don't think I, I'm not. I, I I would be happy leading up to that fight. I think the fight will be fun. I think Canelo is over the hill enough that that actually might be competitive at spots. I think Canelo still smashes him, but like I think it's a fun fight. But if he takes the Mugia fight in May and does not fight Boo Boo in September, or Benavides, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry, Benavides. I got boo-boo on my mind. My, my guy, my guy. Start it over for the sake of the Instagram clip we're going to put out about okay. this. <laughs> if Canelo fights Munguia in May right. and then does not fight Benavides in September, we got a big problem and big we have problem. a big issue. We are going to be pushing guys like us, guys like you and me, aside from the fans, we are going to be pushing guys that all of the commentators in the sport are going to be pushing for Benavides and Canelo. It's not going to happen next. I'm telling you guys right now. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. I next. actually agree with you. It's going to be Munguia next. I actually but agree with you. I think it makes if sense. If Canelo the... goes and fights Benavides, I'm happy. I'm cool. Right. It, it's, it's, I think if, if Canelo fights Munguia next and he doesn't fight Benavides in 
September, then we have a, a major problem. Major, major problem. Major problem. The, the pressure is already mounting. It, it's He's back into a corner. I understand it's Canelo Alvarez. He can do whatever he wants. He can retire tomorrow as a Hall of Famer. He can fight Munguia. He can fight Jamal Charlo. He can fight whoever he wants. I understand that. Get paid $50 million and still looked at as an all-time great. But he's still looking at his legacy, and he's still looking to cement it at, at 168. And he does have a, a massive ego, Canelo, and he does have a lot of pride. And he is he's backed into a corner right now to fight David Benavides, Dame Lillard, NBA superstar, tweeting about it. Everyone asking me, when is Canelo going to fight Benavides? It's the fight. Like, there's nowhere else for, for Canelo to go. Like, yeah, Munguia, that's fine. They can find the Munguias of the world. But you got to eventually fight Benavides. It would be such a great fight. He's been his mandatory for going on two or three years now. Not only that, it's just the proper fight to make business-wise. Both are with PBC. Uh, wherever it is next year, whatever network they're on, whatever. Like they're, it's going to be a, a spot for, for them to fight. But you're right. If it's Munguia, so be it. As long as there's some type of agreement, as long as there's some type of handshake or something that indicates that they will fight in September. And I always thought that Canelo would take that fight on the the last fight of the PBC deal. It makes more sense on the last fight where after that he can he retire or he can re-up, uh, he can do a rematch. It didn't make much sense for him to fight him uh, in, in May. If he fights Munguia, he's going to face a lot of blowback, Chris. You know that. But I don't think Canelo cares. And it's not the first time that Canelo's fighting someone that we don't really want him to fight when there's a bigger fight out there. But, you know, Benavides is only getting better. He's 25 years old. It's not a Triple G uh, scenario where he waited till Triple G was 35. Like, Benavides is in his prime or just approaching his physical prime, not to mention all the out of, you know mental stuff, too. But Canelo's got to fight him, man. He, he's It's so interesting. I'm very interested to see what Canelo will do next. Dude, I don't, I don't not like the Mugia fight. I, 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 I like, I actually like it. I think it's gonna be a fun fight. It's gonna be an awesome buildup, awesome, awesome buildup. I think it's a really fun fight. Um, and listen, if if Canelo, and I'm not saying he's ending his career, but if he ends his career or at least ends this deal and he fights Mugia and then Benavidez, two young, hungry, undefeated guys, that is fucking badass. And that is that is what Canelo does, and that is what great Mexican legends do. I'm thinking back to Julio Cesar Chavez when he fights De La Hoya. And it was a passing of the guard, right? He mm-hmm. went out on his shield. He got completely outclassed and beat up. And stuff. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I don't think he's as far gone as, as as Chavez was when he fought De La Hoya. I don't think they're, they're that far away in terms of uh, competitiveness. But it's just one of those things. You know, like, hey, listen, De La Hoya got, got smashed by Pacquiao on the way out. You know, he, he fought Mayweather. He fought him really well. But he fought Pacquiao in his last fight and got destroyed. So uh, Mexican warriors go out on their shield. So does Canelo take that page out of the book? Does he does he relinquish the crown? Does he pass on the torch on his back the way that other great Mexicans before him has? Or does he avoid all that? Does he avoid the tough fights? Does he avoid the toughest fight, which is the the Benavides, like like we both both alluded to? He is the next guy. Yeah. So. I mean, why not fight him? Win, lose, or draw, I don't think it affects Canelo's legacy. If he loses, it goes... Listen, does Chavez losing to De La Hoya affect his legacy? Does it make him any less of a great? No. Does, does De La Hoya losing to Pacquiao, coming back down to weight, lose? No. So uh, does Canelo losing to Benavidez really take away from all the great things that he's done? I don't think so, no. But there's a chance he can still beat him. Yeah, I think, I think they're so close too. enough. I think they're close enough competitively that he really yes. could beat him. It's and a then very it's like, close fight. Get it, right? Forget it. 
it's a very close fight. Like it's a very competitive fight. And and Canelo has fought everyone. Like he has fought yes. everyone, whether it's the at the time that you wanted the, that fight to take place or not. Whether you say that he waits opponents out, whether it was an older Cotto, uh, older Golovkin, or it was any. He of fought the... Floyd at twenty three. Come right. on, these people are like waiting these guys out. Like he waited out at Triple G in the rematch. But come on, dude. Like he, he he's been pushing and he took losses early. He was okay right. with that. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I, I thought Canelo looked great and re-energized in that last fight against Charlo. And I thought, obviously, Benavidez is trending upwards. So I'll ask you right now. The, this version of Benavidez, this well-polished monster in there versus the re-energized, healthy Canelo, who are you picking in that fight? It's hard to say because they're both trending in different directions, right? Canelo looked good his last fight, and he hadn't looked good in, in, in a, almost 18 months and a bunch of fights in a row. But it doesn't matter. He's still on the back end. You know, he's on the back end of his 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 height, his best. Um, at his best, he could definitely beat Benavidez. And even maybe a 90% Canelo could beat Benavidez. Are we looking at, is he 89% or is he 91? Because it's it's that level of competition between these guys. And then Benavidez, we don't know, because he's getting better every fight. This guy who fought Be- uh, Andre is the best version we've ever seen. Yeah. Guess what? Caleb Plant was the best version we'd ever seen up until that point. That's how this guy is progressing. So when he finally steps into the ring with Canelo, what level of Benavides are we, are we going to see? What level of Canelo are we going to see? Uh, either way, I think it's competitive. Um, a lot of the things stylistically Benavides does would trouble Canelo just just in for just going off of empirical evidence in the past. You know what's dealt, what's giving Canelo trouble, and if the fight ever gets gets announced, and we're going to do a more technical analysis, we can get really really into that stuff, get into the weeds. Um, but I don't know, man. Right now, it's a pick em fight, as far as I'm concerned. It's going to be a pick em fight in the public eye because they'll be like, oh, Canelo's getting older. He's he's trending downwards. Benavides is trending upwards. There's a lot of Canelo haters out there. There's a lot of Benavides as the new, fresh, and shiny toy. It will be a close to a pick em fight when, if, when it gets announced. Inside of the ring, like I have a hard time going against Canelo, especially what I saw against Charlo. Healthy, looks like he's re energized, looks like he's no motivated. Explosive. Like, yeah, he was throwing some hard shots in there. It's not going to be like a, a one-sided fight either way. I think it's going to be a very competitive fight. I think it's going to stop the boxing world, can stop the sports world. That's a big one. That's like the biggest one you can make. Uh, it's starting to look like that um, more and more as a lot of fights get knocked off. We're, you know, Spence Crawford gets knocked off. Tank Ryan gets knocked off. Uh, heavyweight Fury and Usyk will, will have fought by the time that Canelo and, and Benavides get in there. It's like pretty much the only one remaining that we haven't, seen or have been talking about for the last three to four years better be of and uh and uh and uh bevel well yeah i don't know do you still i i kind of that's left my mind uh even though they did have that encounter i still still love that fight it's a great it's a fight that probably will happen now because of saudi arabia (laughs) and uh saudi has enough money to cut through any divide in boxing they just uh, invested in the boxing video game to get it across the line of they're having a problem with funding. Saudi Arabia is the is the the rider season. They, they could probably the... get me to come back. I mean, if they're anyone, money bro. <laughs> anyone, and they can solve any problem in boxing right now with just raining down Benjamins or or their equivalent to to Benjamins. Um, yeah. So Canelo Benavides will be the story for the next couple of months. Interested to see what, uh, what Canelo does. Uh, in that one, shout out to Demetrius Andre too. Going out on his shield, fought tough to the end. I don't want to hear any people shading him, criticizing him, saying this guy. Oh, I saw it on Twitter today. He's a bum. He's always been a bum. Like, dude, stop. He went out there, got his fight at age thirty-five, gave it all he had. Uh, I still want to see him fight some of the guys at one sixty-eight. He just ran into a buzzsaw. 
didn't like that he rehydrated to 190 pounds. Did you see that, Chris? Who did? The, Andrew. What? According to Victor Conti, tweeted it out. He tweeted it like it was some type of accomplishment. I mean, he looked big in there. I don't know if he looked 190. I thought maybe he after the third round he looked slow and maybe he gassed out. I gotta. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it on on from from Conti himself. I mean, he looked good. He looked good uh, physically in terms of uh, for a 68 pounder. I was impressed with that. He looked lean. Um, I don't think getting to 190 is probably a good idea. Um, but also, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I trust Victor Conti saying things like that or tweeting. So Victor Conti, I watched his Balco uh, doc on Netflix, and I'm like, of yeah. course, this guy ends up resurfaces in boxing. Of course. Well, boxing is wild dog west, and there's, there's, you know. Yeah, he looked at it as like some type of hero there. I can't find the tweet. Um, I saw it. Doesn't mean it's true. Um, exactly. Exactly. But this is boxing. I mean, it's, mean it's it's... he did look big. He, he did look big, but I, I, I like to see. He looked look bigger than Benavidez. I mean, he looked no. he looked good. He looked like a sixty-eight pounder. He was moving good in there until he got rocked, and that's going to happen. This happens to everyone. Benavides has fought undercard. Uh, Jamal Charlo back eight hundred and eighty-eight days after his last fight. He fights Jose Benavides, brother of. Mm-hmm. David, I thought Jamal looked pretty good, man. I thought all things considered, he, he blows past the catch weight on Friday that that was abysmal and so unprofessional, whatever. Uh, it's in the past. And then he gets in the ring, and I thought his timing was pretty good. I thought his jab was really good. I thought his right hand uh, was right on cue. I thought all things considered, yes, he was facing a blown-up 147-pounder, 154-pounder Benavides, who's kind of shot, very tough, but shot. Um, all things considered, I thought Jamal Charlo looked pretty good. I thought his timing and his rhythm, I thought it was there. Considering being out for 800-plus days, I, I thought that was like a B-plus performance from Jamal Charlo, and he says he wants to fight a bunch of times next year. Well, the story of that 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 particular fight was Jose Benavidez having big balls. Like, he he fought his ass off. Got um, and he's, he's always been he's always been technically sound, always been really tough, always had the right mentality, completely outgunned. Um, and he made it difficult for Jamal if Jamal was on the precipice of having a psychotic break right. which I was would not I was not ruling out at all going into that fight or during Jamal it would, Jamal that's what I mean Jamal would have because he put enough pressure on him he made it more he made it difficult enough but Jamal is just a different level of athlete obviously the size is a big part of it and I agree he didn't look sharp Jamal but he didn't look bad for a guy out for 30 months he did not look bad at all his he jab better was, than I thought but he's also had a I did tailor-made too. opponent Correct. A tailor-made, super small opponent, um, a guy who was going to be in there, who had a good name, who was going to be physically tough, who was going to be right in front of him, um, who was going to bang on his belt line and tell you to come on, let's go. Um, and when you got a guy who's that much bigger than you, and you know he rocked him several times, did Jamal with the right hand. Um, his jab, his jab was the most impressive aspect of of the fight. It was very yeah. very sharp. Um, he wasn't sharp, but the jab was, and he had a good jab. He flashed it. The right hand looked hard. Um, he looked a few times like he could have crumbled, but he just he, he pulled himself out of it. He did and, get tagged uh, a bunch, but I'm sure like that's a good thing. I mean, it's not good to get hit. I don't listen. Nothing, nothing before or after the fight was a good thing. Everything he said prior to the fight, everything he said after the fight, the post fight interview was awkward. Very awkward. I, I just, I just, I don't think his head's in the right place. I don't. It's not. See he's not it. fully back in terms of mental. No. I, I think you can just see that with two eyes. I'm not a psychiatrist, but. You know, a lot of people have been wondering about him and coming in. I feel for the man. I I really do. I feel for the man because I I, I can can see he's going through something. Yeah, he's fighting demons and and we're all hard on him and coming in four pounds overweight. I feel it was almost like a cry for help. I don't know what that was about. I think he should just leave 160 behind him. There's no 
big fights oh, he's not, there. He's, he's not fighting. Well, his brother's going to take 160. I don't think Jamal's ever going to see 54 again. I think he's going to end up at 60, which would be smart. And then Jamal grew up at 68. And, and there's, I mean, listen, the, 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 the biggest money fight for him right now is Caleb Plant. That's, 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 that's the fight. Or if he could edge into the Canelo fight, if Canelo wanted to really be a, be a ducker, if he wanted to duck Benavides, he could take the Jamal Charlo fight oh, in man, the third fight, bad. which would be I, I'd rather horrible for the sport. I'd rather it would only, it would only be good for Jamal, but yeah. that fight could happen. I, that would be, oh, that would be, that would be not great. Um, uh, Charlo, what was I going to say? Well, uh, with Charlo, would you say he go right into the plant fight next? Because obviously the bad blood is there. It's very easy fight to make. Or do you see anything that in the Benavides fight that would lead you to believe maybe he should take another similar fight like that before getting plant? So I saw in the Benavides fight that he should definitely take plant next. Because if he fights a real 68 pounder, the, the, the chance of implosion and not making that payday is there. Go fight plant. Easy fight. To make. Might, Fun fight. Gonna, winnable fight. You're gonna if you're gonna lose, lose to the guy who's gonna pay the most. I don't. I. 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 I there's too big of a risk of him losing to to anyone at 68 on the way to Caleb Plant. Go right to Plant. Right. I, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he wants to fight three times in 2024. The Plant fight's the biggest one. Then see where the chips fall. See where the chips fall. Beat Plant, and then you're right in the mix for. Uh, Canelo or any uh, Benavidez or any... a plus 32 year old fighter fighting three or four times in a year at the highest level never happens. Won't happen. Yeah. I mean, he say the fighters say a lot of things after fights when they're all, you know, full of adrenaline emotion, especially the guy that had, well, he had no emotion. He was literally just like, he looks like he is completely cut off from, from reality. I, so I don't know what kind of emotion he actually had, but even during I the mean... week in the lead up, like some of the photos that I saw, like him, he's just eyes look glazed. I mean, at the just press conference, it's just odd. That's why I thought it was even that somewhat of an impressive performance, considering all that. Listen, I, the, I guy still, <laughs> the guy can fight. The guy can right? fight. I feel like maybe he felt the most at home, and he's felt in the last 800-plus days was in that ring, which is the strangest thing. But not really for fighters. That's what they yeah. do. And uh, a lot of muscle memory. And I don't know. I, I, I feel for the guy. It's easy to crap all over him. I mean, the, the four pounds was the last straw for me. I was like, oh, God, this, I can't defend this guy anymore. And then, you know, you see him and, and you, you, you end up rooting for him. It's just human nature. Um, the plant fight would be awesome. The buildup would be great. It's an easy fight to make first quarter of 2024. Subriel Matias, good gracious, scariest guy in boxing, boogeyman. Boogeyman in terms of just destruction. Boogeyman in terms of doesn't make any sense to fight him. <laughs> He has a belt. He doesn't bring in a lot of revenue. He is the definition of the boogeyman of, of boxing right now. Subir Matias just destroys Ergashev and and scared me. I was legit scared watching him fight. Dude, first round, he was out completely outclassed. <laughs> right? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> completely outclassed. And then the second round, he just gets a little bit closer. A little bit closer. Right, right, right. A little bit closer. A little bit closer. If you really watch that fight, Ergashev. Listen, and we, we did, we did, uh, I was talking to Polyman, Aji, and Teddy Atlas this week. We, we did some shows. We were talking about this. They both picked Ergoshev to win, which I understand because if you look at X's and O's and you well, really know what you're me looking and at, said they wanted to say that, Chris, good job picking Matias, someone on Twitter, because they saw that you picked Matias and the other guys picked Ergoshev. Yeah. Well, no, listen, if you know boxing at all, if you know the X's and O's of the sport and you watch the two of them, you're like, oh my God, Ergoshev beats this guy every single day and knocks him out. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes down to balls and heart. It's not just about technique. And then, and, and, and Matias has both. He is dude. He is a stone face killer. 
He just comes forward. He doesn't care if he lost the round before. He doesn't care if he lost less six rounds before. He does not deterred at all. He's coming forward and he's hitting you with both hands. He hits hard with both hands. He's got a good engine. He's he's not durable. Doesn't take punches very well, although he did last night. Um, but he gets hit super clean. Don't like any of that. But dude, yeah, say. Can, dude is tough. He just he grinds fights. you down. He, he grinds you down to. He's your, a meat grinder. He's yeah. a meat grinder. He'll grind you down to you're no longer there. And then he'll just take you out. It's the fourth consecutive fight where his opponent has quit on the stool, which is one of the, the scarier stats out there. But what's something that you can kind of throw it at the hype train that is Subaru Matias? Because obviously we're going to sing his praises and call him the boogeyman. If you were to say, all right, there's there's someone, there's a style out there that can beat him, or there's someone out there at 140 that can beat him, or there's something about him that doesn't really scream out like this guy's so indestructible. What is it? Well, the fact that he's not indestructible, the fact that he gets hit so much and he's been hurt, he's been knocked out, knocked down rather. I mean, he's been hurt multiple times. Almost every fight that he's been in other than the last night, he's been rocked. He gets hit with big shots. He just gets hit too clean for my liking. Mm. So I am not super high on him in terms of being like, oh, he's beating everybody in the division. Like everyone's saying, listen, a guy like Devin Haney outboxes him. A guy like Tiafima Lopez, who's not going to let you hit him, but is also has firepower. Very dangerous guy. And Pro Gray, I think he's actually gotten past Pro Gray in my ranking. I think, I think, I think Pro Gray mm-hmm. is old enough that maybe he is declined just enough that a guy like Matias, who has that that eager young engine, yeah, would be able to get him. But I think a young a young Pro Gray destroys him. Pro Gray is the only guy that's actually saying his name. Like Pro Gray tweeted, like I'm watching his yeah. fight. He's a beast. They asked uh, Devin Haney about him, and Haney was very truthful. I, I I don't knock it. He said, listen, I, I know who he is. I haven't really watched a lot of his fights. I know he has a 100% knockout ratio, but I'm looking for the biggest fights possible. He doesn't present a big no, fight. No, he's, not, he's not on that level yet. And, and and that was one of the big things about you know what I was saying about in terms of um, – because I was talking about my rankings, and I had him outside of my top three. I had him number four. Um, but it, 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 the fact that he hasn't been in with the big-name guys yet – listen, Ergo Show's not a big-name guy, guy either. He just had a really good record, very glossy, but never fought anybody, which is why I picked Matias. I was like, nah, he's been in with better guys. Even though he hasn't been in with the best guys in the world, he's been in with better guys than this guy has. So, yeah, he had a very glossy record, big high knockout percentage. But listen, if you saw in that fight, like he landed as clean as punch as possible. And we've seen Matias hurt. Ergoshev couldn't hurt him. So the, the Ergoshev power was not not real. It wasn't like the record said. Um, but regardless, Matias had a very impressive performance. Um, I mean, he's he's a meat grinder and he's super fun to watch. And I want to see him in with all those guys. Will he get realistically, them realistically, politically, can he get those fights? Tough. It's, it's, good that he, it's good that he has a title. Very good that he has a title. But, you know, you got to think Haney and Progray, the two top guys, are they're out of the picture for at least eight months, right? right. Six, seven, eight months. Um, Tio, we never know where he's at. Dude, did you see his said last night? I, 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 don't, I don't even know how many things. I've seen a lot of things he said. They, what, what, someone called the him. Latest? And- Someone called him and was like, hey, uh, what's going on with the Ryan Garcia fight? Uh, oh, I, says, I turned down the offer. Well, why? Because when you're bringing in endorsements like I am, you're bringing in these huge these huge deals. And when you're the man, this is Tiafimo, and they offer you $1.5 million, F you. I'm not taking that. And I'm going to, I'm going to Italy. Going to Italy. <laughs> I'm going to Africa. I'm taking this worldwide, baby. Prestige worldwide. Tiafimo worldwide. It's just sums up Tiafimo. I'm on a boat. Me. I'm on a boat. <laughs> that is Tiafimo. He has all the talent in the world. I think he's the guy at 140, but he has this, yeah. such a convoluted and misjudged 
uh, sense of his worth and value. He's not really a ticket seller. He's never fought on pay-per-view. Ryan Garcia, not half the fighter, Tia Fimo is, but has a one a million dollar pay-per-view under his uh on his resume and a thirty million dollar this and a twenty million dollar gate. So he does have something. One point five is very low. I agree. Like Tia Fimo is definitely worth more than that. But you know, that's a big fight. Tia Fimo Ryan Garcia is a, is a big fight. I think that it could clear five hundred thousand pay-per-views. I think it could clear ten million uh gate. So there's a lot of money in the pot. So they can up that offer to Tia Fimo. But I just thought it was the most Tiafimo answer I've ever heard. It was just, it was amazing. I just was. But, but listen, but listen, one point five million to fight a guy that you're going to fucking smash, and you're talking about you bring all of these big name sponsors. Get paid on that. You're talking about a guy who Ryan is going to push pay per view sales. Ryan's regardless. a bigger, bigger star than Tiafimo. Correct, but you're gonna get you're gonna get money in the back end. Work out the deal so your back end money's huge, right? Yeah. One point five million is your upfront. Cool. Not a lot of money. You deserve way more. Cool. Work out the background deal. Back end deal. All right. Now I bring now I bring I bring these big name sponsors. I bring Bud Light to you. I bring yes, quick. I get I get a percentage of what I bring to you. I'm bringing you Bud Light. I'm bringing you whatever company. You get you get numbers on. I bring you Disney. I'm bringing you these massive massive companies. Cool. I get a percentage of anything I bring to you. Yeah. So there's there's ways to make money other than that up front. I understand it's a slap in the face, but listen, man, this is this is boxing. These guys are going to pay you as little as you take, but there's ways around it. I made a lot of money outside the ring for fights that people are like, oh, Chris getting unpaid. Okay. I made a lot of money otherwise. There's, there's the, ways to the back end. Yes. Yes. There's I ways just, to make money in this right. sport. I, I agree. I just think it's the first negotiation. But you got to fight. Right. You got to fight. I, I think it, it that's the fight that will elevate Tia Fimo to like really superstardom. Uh, then you can fight a Haney after that. Like Ryan Garcia, like use use him, use that name. Like Ryan Garcia has a name right now, man. Listen, we 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 love Ryan on the show. Do you see him beating Tiafimo? No, no, of course not. You know, again, no offense, Ryan. We love you. We love you, bro. But like this is this uh, Tiafimo is just a different thing, especially at one forty. So uh, I don't know, man. I I got Tio is my guy at one forty. So um, I think he's gonna be hard beat for anybody. But Tio is at his best when he's busy. When he's not busy, he has trouble. The Cambosis fight showed that. He yeah. he he came back with a, with a career worst performance off of a long layoff. Taylor career best performance. He was very busy that year, mm-hmm. so I, it worries me that he is being at least yeah. alluding to the fact that he's going to be inactive. He hasn't fought since June, and now you know he's turned down fights. Nothing on the horizon. He was supposed to usually fights in that uh, Heisman one. He's not fighting in the Heisman <laughs> December. You know, this Ryan Garcia fight, from everything I heard, was being scheduled or looked at for February, late February, early March. Who knows? Who, who, maybe he gets the money that he wants, and, and then he takes over the world, and TFBMO is back on top. But I just thought it was a funny thing at 140 this past weekend. Um, over in Dublin, Ireland, this fight was had a lot, man. This fight had a lot. Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor wins. Uh, underdog for the first time in her life. She avenges the first loss in her career. Atmosphere was electric in Dublin, especially when the hand gets raised of Katie Taylor. A lot of things happened in this fight that that I didn't particularly like, but I'll get to those in a little bit. Talk about Katie Taylor. She she fought a, a really smart fight. Uh, she didn't hold a lot, but she two minute rounds. So she was throwing a fleshy combinations. Crowd goes nuts, and then she holds, and then she got out of the way of Chantel Cameron's jab. Cameron threw half the amount of jabs she threw in the first fight. I don't know what she was doing in there, but Katie Taylor is now a 
two division undisputed champion at age 37. She goes all time. Great, great performance. All things considered from Taylor. Yeah. I mean, Clarissa is the quote, but Katie Taylor's right there too. Shields is a self-proclaimed quote. Yeah. I mean, but like she, she's arguably the quote as well. And, but I think, I think the Olympics and stuff. Yeah. Right. I think, I think these two women are going to be in the discussion for the greatest woman, female, uh, first greatest female fighter of all time. Either one of them. I mean, now we have a two division undisputed world champion in some of the toughest in the toughest weight classes that we have for the females. Um, she's also an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist, had a long career. She lost to a very capable champion after moving up. And instead of chasing the money, she chased glory and went right back into the fray and fought a very tough defend now defending champion who's going to get better off of that first fight. And she outfoxed her. She fought smarter. She fought better. Uh, Chantel Cameron, I don't know what the hell she was doing out there. It was, uh, she let that fight go. Um, she came out beautifully in round number one. She looks so goddamn good in round number one. I was like, wow, yeah. she can really fight. And then round two, she regressed 10 years. I don't know. She I don't did know. Did drop that... her in round two? Ref didn't see it. No, it was round one. Was that the first or second round? The drop? I think, still the, I think that was still the first round. Whatever, whatever. Early on, she got dropped. I think it was. I think it was the first round. First right. round, she looked amazing. Like the jab was so hard and stiff, and she was just walking her down. Right hand jab, jab three two. Uh, left hook, right hand. Bang bang. Like everything looked strong. It looked like Katie was in a bad, bad place. She wasn't taking the punches well. She seemed like she got rocked a few times. Yeah. She got shuddered, and then Katie just man, she pulled that out of the fire. She's got she, the will to never, win, man. You can never count her out. And she said that at the end. That was cool. She's like anyone who counted me out, like. You, you got the wrong person. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm one of too. them. Katie, I'm sorry. I counted <laughs> you out. I'm wrong. I'll never do it again. It never happened again. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm very happy that you won because that was, a, that was so badass. much fun. That, that was, was, so much, that it was, was a great fight. Badass. It was a great fight. It was a close fight. I thought it was a 5-5, five, 6-4 five, type of fight. Um, mm-hmm. Atmosphere electric. And yeah, she did chase glory, but she also has um, the benefit of fighting in front of her hometown crowd again. Uh, it just financially just made more sense to have the fight in Ireland. That's I mean, Cameron doesn't have a lot of fans, so she gets that going for it. Now we can talk about the the hometown cooking, and it did not really affect the fight. It didn't affect the the outcome of the fight. The the referee putrid job. I don't even know his name. Putrid job he did. There was that was a knockdown in the first or second round, whenever it happened. That was a knockdown. There was no tanglement of the feet. She got hit with Katie Taylor got hit with a jab and went down. <clears throat> knockdown. Number two, the referee was allowing Taylor to hold the entire fight, not even close to a warning. If anything, he was looking at Cameron talking about what she was doing wrong, not Taylor holding every single time. Credit to Taylor. If the ref's going to allow you to hold all fight and it's only two-minute rounds, throw your flashy combinations, land one out of every four, crowd goes nuts, hold, round over. You stole another round. That's pretty much what Katie Taylor did. She outlanded Cameron. Uh, she won the fight, but I thought that the the cards were stacked against Chantel Cameron. Poor refereeing. One of the scorecards was 98-92, which is just to be expected at this point. But also, Chantel Cameron took the fight. She took the fight in Dublin because it made the most sense financially. So you had to deal with that. You had to get a knockout in that fight in order to win. The knockdown didn't affect the scorecards. Um it, it would have been a split decision. Katie Taylor still still would have won. But it was very frustrating as just a fan and just watching and being like, oh, man, it's just boxing sometimes or everything's stacked against you. The referee was was putrid, but Katie Taylor won and she's 
moves on to the next. I don't know who she should fight next, but you know, well, if, if if Chantel Cameron did not have a rematch clause in that fight, what a third one? Yeah, why? Whoa, 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 whoa. That, there there should be no other discussion if you're Team Cameron. And honestly, I was going to say like all those things you were saying. I'm like, hey, you know who really wins, Cameron, because they're going to fight again. If they do, if if they bypass Cameron and go to Serrano, well, that's, a, that's what I think they should do. That's probably what's going to happen. Which is which, but if 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 Cameron and their team didn't didn't work out a rematch clause for a triple for a third fight for a a, a, a rubber match, that was that was the biggest mistake they made all night. You Granted, think that she, she would? She didn't you, fight well. No, she didn't fight well. She didn't use any of her physical advantages. She didn't jab, bro. She threw twenty eight or twenty nine jabs per round in the first fight. Which is yeah, a how, many, tremendous... how many jabs she throw the first round though? She looked awesome in the first round, right? And then she deviated from it. She ended up throwing twelve jabs around in the fight, and like, just leading on. with her head, which is why she got cut up so much. The yeah. head head clashes were nonstop. Um, there was a lot of holding, like you said, a lot of just just body on body, head to head. It was just it was it it, it got very ugly. Um, Broadcast but... was out of control too. Good uh, I mean, they, they were saying it was the best fight they've ever seen, which was was. Listen, uh, you, you've called fights. <laughs> I've called fights. Um. This happens a lot. You you become you you become kind of like a prisoner to the arena. Like you're in the arena, you hear the crowd. It it affects you a little bit. You're emotional, um, and you think that you're witnessing something greater than it really is than what people are watching at home. Not saying that was a hundred percent the case here. It was an awesome atmosphere. It was definitely atmosphere of the year. It wasn't fight of the year. It wasn't. It was a good scrap. It was a good scrap. But the broadcast was so heavy to Taylor. It was absurd, especially down the stretch. The last round, they were just gushing over her. Um, I mean, she's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it was a close fight. It was like a 6-4 fight. You know, a couple of rounds go the other way, and Cameron's getting her hand raised. Yeah, I had a 6-4, maybe 7-3. But again, it was was because uh, Taylor was outfoxing certain rounds and and pulling out. And that's that's another reason why I don't like two-minute rounds. It's just so easy. You steal 30 seconds, and it's like, Oh, well, how do you not give it to that person? You know, like, right. if, if if not a lot happened, a three minute round, it's it's it's, it's a lot more. Um, so uh, yeah, a three minute round is fifty percent longer than than a two minute round. So it's like there's so much more action that can Sounds happen like in that fight. last. Yeah, it's really difficult to score, and also there are only ten rounds. A twelve round fight? Does Cameron win that fight? Probably. Probably twelve do twelve two minute rounds. There's always there's always a, a negotiation. I don't think there should ever be a twenty minute world title fight. Male or female. There's definitely that's 20 minute fights for, for some women's fights out there, but not at this level. Like I've talked about yeah. this numerous times. I called the first <laughs> ever women's fight that was 12 three minute rounds, Amanda Serrano. Like we discussed it ad nauseum. Like it, some of them warrant 12 threes. Some of them should be well, 12 Katie twos. Taylor and Cameron do. And, and, and even that's being said. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there, there's too much on the line. Now these women are getting paid real money. Now we're talking about legacy. Now we're talking about. Um, um, you know, generational, you know, prestige and 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 also and and money like twelve twos, twelve threes. Twelve twos is a good comp. Uh, it's a good middle ground. Right? It's a sport of compromise. It's a sport of negotiation. Split the baby. Yeah, and uh, Taylor says afterwards, I have no problem fighting Amanda Serrano twelve three minute rounds. I want to see that actually happen because I yep. I don't think she'll do that. I do think that Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano should be next. I think they were playing with fire, not making it immediately given the financial success of that first fight. Mm-hmm. Put it at Croke Park, put it in Vegas, put it in MSG. It doesn't matter. Just do the fight because it's the most, it's the highest uh, money that each uh, female or each woman can make. It's Serrano versus Taylor. I I expect that to be next. I think the Cameron one will always be there. Uh, they can have that if it's Serrano fight falls through. But I think Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, Ireland in the summer, 
do it. Just do it and then count the money. Count the money. Count the money. Chris is in. You're in on that, right? I'm in on that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I would be really upset for if I was Team Cameron. You can be upset for her to a certain degree. Like she won the second fight, so she probably got a lot more money for the the second fight. She conceded to do it in 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 Dublin because that's going to make her more money with the, on the gate. I would love to have known what the third fight is, if they have a third fight in there or, or if it's all slanted towards uh, Katie Taylor. But I think Serrano's not getting younger. Uh, Katie Taylor's not getting younger. Katie Taylor's but that's my point. That If Chantel has to wait her out I mean, and be the, the, the third woman out, what are the chances that she gets either one of them afterwards? Very easy for... I almost thought Katie was going to retire last night. I wouldn't be shocked. Yesterday. If, she, if she went out there and she was like, you know, hey, listen... I am undisputed in two two divisions. I up I beat the person who beat me. I've beaten everyone I've ever been in the ring with. I'm done. Yes, I would. That would be awesome. That would be like a fairy tale ending. I would. I like for a lot of boxers to go out. Um, and Cameron that. would literally do a a, a, a backflip and land on her back and scream as she as deservedly. Yeah, she but should. then she'd be like, all right, but also thank you, thank you for the windfall of cash that I've made. In You're not thinking like a fights. fighter. <laughs> You're not <laughs> thinking like a fighter. But. Taylor can either retire or she can do one more big fight, one more mega that, fight. But with, that's my whole point. With Serrano. Is really is left out. That's my whole point, though. I'm talking from Chantel Cameron, who yeah, is tough, the man. undisputed champion. It was her, it was, it was those are her titles. And they got they they were taken. And close. And fight. if she doesn't, if she does not get a chance, she was the, she listen, she won the first one. Those are her titles. She defended them. She won them. She gave the rematch. She gave her a chance, and then she loses. And for her to go off into the sunset at that point, I'm telling you, from a fighter perspective, from a champion perspective, that sucks. It does. Life boxing ain't fair. Katie Taylor held the whole fight, and I, I lost money. <laughs> Immediately, everyone on Twitter, I'm, I'm tweeting my face off last night about during this fight. I'm like, that's a clear knockdown. I've never seen excessive holding like this. The referee was smiling. I didn't have to tell you this. The referee was smiling after the fight. Did you see that? I did not know. Okay, I posted it on Twitter. It blew up. I would say 80% of the people agreed that the referee shouldn't be smiling and chumming it up with the winner of the fight afterwards. They're supposed to be impartial. Yeah. They're supposed to be professionals. They're supposed to be like robots. Yes, they're supposed to be robots. You raise the hand, you get the hell out of there. Get get out of the ring. Why I've not seen smiling? many many I've not seen many uh referees smile in a ring and they shouldn't. Thank you, Chris. Thank you because there were a few people in there like Smiling now, we're, 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 of course he's smiling. He just watched an unbelievable fight. You're allowed to smile. He just watched. He had the best view in the no, house. Impartial. You have to be oh, impartial. Bullshit. You're not supposed to smile. You're not supposed to show any sort of bias towards a fighter. You, you let her hold the entire fight. You didn't call the knockdown. Then on top of it, you're you're grinning after the fight. It's just a bad optic. And I that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. I lost money. Big deal. Not the first bet I'm going to lose, not the last <laughs> bet I'm But all man. the people on Twitter immediately like, Dan lost his bet. Well, it's pretty clear you lost your bet, Dan. Hey, Dan, maybe you should not gamble on fights because it's clouding your judgment. And I was like, shut up. I don't want to hear that right now. You're probably right, but I don't want to hear. That was a big, big parlay I had, even though Benavides, he he knocked out Boo Boo a lot earlier than I had. I had 10 through 12 Boo Boo and Cameron Moneyline, and it was plus. A lot of money 000. was lost last night. A lot of my, my friends all lost money, too. Betting on Boo Boo? Just in general, everything, everything across the board. A lot of people lost money last night. I didn't. Oh. I didn't bet on anything, but Vegas won. That's as per usual. Vegas always. Wins. That's why those buildings are huge there, and that's why we love going there for big fights. Mm. All right, that's our show this week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Chris, any final words? No, solid, solid, 
Solid weekend of boxing, solid day of boxing, and a solid year of boxing. What I mean, what a what a year. And we still have good fights left this year. And we obviously we will be covering them. This is where you guys need to tune in. But uh yeah, man, it's uh it's fun spending Sunday nights talking about fights that uh that just happened and we get all get all jazzed up and I I'm now, now my blood's boiling at seven seven o'clock at night. Yeah, what are we gonna do now? I don't know. Um yeah, Ryan Garcia fights this weekend. We'll have another type of episode at the end or later in the week breaking down Ryan Garcia's fight against Oscar Duarte. Duarte. Then looking forward to the following week with more fights. Jake Paul, uh Bam, one of the final showtime telecast all that and more so keep your hands up at all times protect yourselves at all times stay out of those dms unless you got a spicy parlay for me to win more money Drops.